I saw that you live on a farm. Right. So what do you farm? We um, we grow um, muscadines and scuppernines. We sell to the farmers markets and the grocery stores around South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. Yep. Nice. Nice. That's cool. My name is Bryce Gibson. I write young adult thriller horror set in the South. And I think we're going to be pretty much talking about perennials, which is my first young adult book we'll be talking about today. So you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Summer in South Carolina. A time of ripe peaches, crackling bonfires, trips to the lake, and the rural legend of the creature known as the Lizard Man. This year, a very real monster is lurking about. The victims all have one thing in common. They share their names with plants. Soon it becomes apparent that 17-year-olds Dusty Miller and Nandina Bush may be next on the killer's list. All right. So, Bryce, you've been uh, working your way through the vintage <laughs> YA horror catalogs writing for the horror bound uh site and right. also studying up on the horror films and with the reviews on nightmare on film street right yep all right you've been doing that for a while actually <laughs> yeah i've been with the nightmare on film street for this might be the coming up on three years with them um i've been writing for horror bound for a couple of years at this point um and i also review indie horror movies for a site called tennessee horror also Oh, that's right. I did see a picture of that on one of your, um, yeah, one of your posts. I think. Yeah, and then with, uh, I also joined uh, recently um, as a haunt reviewer for haunted houses for this upcoming Halloween season. With um, uh, that's the, awesome. The, yeah, they're called Haunt Seekers, so I'll be covering the South Carolina Georgia region for them. So whoever's the scariest will know because of you. Uh, yeah. You get you get your hands into it, don't you? You're all about the horror. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, seeing as um, that it was your first YA, and it's also the longest of the County Line Horror books that right. I've seen. Right. I mean, how long did it take you to conceive and write this book? Um, well, like you said, this was the first of my young adult books. Um, prior Before Perennials, I did have a, a regular adult mystery, and then I really started focusing on YA. Uh, was that the Primordial series? Well, the, actually, actually, the Primordial series is kind of it was a horror fantasy three book series that actually came before that mystery, and that one I was just kind of learning, you know, trying to. It, it was my first attempt at <laughs> writing, so just testing the waters a little bit. Uh, yeah, and then the um, it, each time has gotten shorter. It's taken me less time each time with each book. Um, Perennials. I want to say within, from start to finish, from start to publication with that one, I, I think it was around 18 months or so. And then each book has gotten to be, has taken less time. Like you said, I, Perennials is my, the longest of the young adult books though. Right. Yeah. Um, with the writing, I, I really, I'm a writer that really focuses on the structure of a book with 
3x structure and divide it up. Um, I have a pretty much of a word count in mind before I start writing uh, and then do a basic outline with the major plot points um, to get from plot from this point to this point. I know how many words is going to, I need. So I'm really systematic and um, follow structure with my writing. And it's something I've, after perennials that I've really have spent a lot of time studying and learning about. I like that. And I love the covers, by the way. I, oh, thank I you. I've, I'm, I'm, I love the new covers, you know, that kind of that matte finish. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like really soft feeling in a way, but I do like how yours are all kind of in the same theme of, of this dark. Yeah. Look the, to the, them. The, the same guys designed all of my covers. Um, since, well, since way back, even with the primordial series that you brought up, he's designed all of them. And, He's, I think he's done a really good job, and he's like you said, he's done it so that they look branded together as well. They have the similar color themes, and it's nice and spooky too. Just a you know a kind of a blurry silhouette of a person walking through this kind of tunnel of trees. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like it. It does feel very country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I look at that cover, um, to me, it's not a particular character from the book. It could be several of the characters, and that's that's part of what I like about that cover. Well, it's just it's mainly a feel. It yeah, gives you a yeah. feeling. It's kind of like old Fear Street books. Like a lot of those had nothing to do with what was going on in the book, <laughs> right. but it made right. you get a feeling from it. Then you're kind of like, okay, I want to read this. So that's a good spooky, you know, draw in. I think. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to. Um, say before we get started on the actual book, which um, I wanted to re just to remind you, I don't know if I told you, but books that are less than five years old, and this came out in 2016, correct? Yes. Okay. Yep, 16. So ones that are less than five years old and like don't have a movie out or anything, I'm going to refrain from spoiling completely. Okay. <laughs> I just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I just think, you know, since it, reading takes time, it's only fair to allow people to get a little bit of this digested, get time to read. Otherwise it's just fair game for, for a recap. Yep. So, okay. All right. But I will, I do want to go into at least the first couple of chapters to kind of get the, the setup of everything. Okay. And, um, and then we'll talk about in vague, in vague language. I'm not going to give away the ending of right. some of the decisions you made throughout the book. Okay. Yep. Well, let's get started. At the beginning, there's a forward kind of, it's a definition of perennials, and it says it's an adjective lasting for an indefinitely long time, enduring. What made me laugh was that it was from dictionary.com <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not Webster's or Oxford or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, it's modern, I guess, whatever. <laughs> it just kind of took me by surprise. Um, <laughs> When we start reading the story, uh, we found out that it mainly takes place in September in Crow County, South Carolina, which is like the center of the state. It's all rural area. The main character, Dusty, lives like 15 miles from the nearest town, which is Crow. So we start actually in the middle of the action. Mm -hmm. And I can just hear a creative writer teaching teacher saying, you know, let's just jumpstart this with an exciting incident. <laughs> and you're like, all right, let's do it. And basically the exciting incident is a woman named Mary Gold got killed. And this is how it happened. We get a glimpse of daily life for Mary as she leaves work, picks up takeout where the host just comments on her name is like the flower. And she absolutely hates this assessment. She goes home, puts the food away and waiting on her boyfriend, Ben. And she notices a little yellow flower on the floor. Of course, there are marigolds. 
eye roll. <laughs> she thinks that Ben came home early and proceeds to follow the trail to the bedroom, which is smothered in marigold. <laughs> so she notices some movement in the corner of her eye and goes back to the hall to play Ben's little game. Only it's not Ben that grabs her by the neck, trying to hurt her. She pulls free, runs back to the bedroom, locking the door and scrambling for the window. Of course, she's trying to you know climb out. And as she is, the killer breaks through the door and pulls her back in and proceeds to stab her as she lays on the bed of petals. Mm. I know. It's, it's very Drew Barrymore, Janet Lee. <laughs> so there's your exciting incident, people. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we go into chapter two, and it switches to first-person perspective, which I found interesting. I thought it was neat. Mm -hmm. um, and this is Dusty Miller's perspective. Right. And he's a good-looking guy. You know, he's you know, 17, going into his senior year. He's a runner. He's very fit. He seems to resent his name because of the whole white leafy plant he shares it with, but he mainly seems annoyed with his parents' ignorance of not knowing about the plant before they named him. I'm getting older and noticing more and more how ignorant people are, so I could see this name situation of just happening, you know, to name your kid after a plant can happen. It's sad, <laughs> but I could see it happening because people are stupid. Uh, <laughs> here's something I have issue with. Dad, his dad, or daddy, as he calls him, uh, thinks Dusty is mysterious and manly. He think he loves that name. Mm -hmm. And speaking of someone who has been called Dusty, you know, I've known a few Dusties, both male and female. I could say it is not a manly name. Sorry, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I've known the Dusties that I've known have been like wimps and everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dusty. I just automatically think they're calling me a sissy. And I'm like, uh -uh, no, I'm not Dusty. <laughs> That's how I am. So he gives a direct to reader rant about how he knows the language he uses to describe Dusty Miller plants. Whitish leaves are having like a light dusting of the season's first snow. It's silly <laughs> since he's in South Carolina with little to no snow. And I already love this character just because of how he talks to the audience. Mm -hmm. I love it when the character, when characters break the fourth wall, like in like movies, like in Deadpool or even in the books, like I would say gossip girl. Um, I read that a while back and uh -huh. you, know, you get little bitchy side comments with like a little wink to the reader type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It gets you involved. It makes you feel like you're a part of it. Mm -hmm. We find out later that uh, he uh, actually compares himself to the plant since it's considered a quote placeholder. He thinks he may just be all looks and nothing else. It's hard being pretty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So Dusty's a true country boy. He loves running around the rural areas all by himself. He's totally in love with his town and his state. Good for him. We also discover he has a hound dog named Gravel. And how cute is that name? <laughs> right. I absolutely love, love when writers, I love to see what writers name pets in books. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I talk to at events and conventions will ask about the dogs. Um, all of my books so far have a dog in them, but they, the dogs get brought up a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're a dog person, so it stands yeah. to reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little yeah. bit of yourself you're putting in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the setting is very familiar for me. I'm from Mississippi. I don't mm -hmm. know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. I know it, I don't have as thick of an accent as most Mississippians do, but I, I am from Mississippi, born and raised. I, you know, I may have, but I've grown up in the suburbs. I wasn't in a rural area. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do have relatives and you know people I've known who have lived out in the quote middle of nowhere, and the area very well described in the book instantly makes me feel I know where Dusty is. Okay, I'm very familiar with this. 
so continuing, he jogs over to his girlfriend Nan's place and he sees the cops are there and something bad has happened. He sees all the rose petals all over the ground and remembers Nan's mom's name is Rose and realizes that the serial killer has come to Crow County. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dramatic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read it in a while, by the way? Um, well, you know, it's funny. I, like you said, this was in 2016. Uh, um, the convention I was at earlier this year at Days of the Dead in Atlanta, somebody who read this book, her, um, in the past, in the past year or two, she came up to my booth at Days of the Dead this in February and said that her, she read this, she loved it, um, but she picked it and she picked it for her book club to read for their, it was their March or April pick for this year. And she was sitting there um, telling me all this stuff about the book and her favorite parts and everything. And I probably just had this blank look on my face because a lot of it seemed new to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wrote it, but it was like, I, I, you know, I, I remember the, I mean, I know the most of the story. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, I totally understand. I was talking with Cameron Janey about his book and I was, you know, his was more recently came out. It came out yeah, last year. Yeah. But I said, you know, he said it's been a little while since he's read it, but you know, I doubt it's been as long as you for this one. And I know when I've written a short story or something in the past and I go back and even though I know the story and the basics and what happened, I'm like, wow, I don't remember writing this really. It's like somebody else took over and you know, like told you the yeah. story and you completely forgot how you yeah. wrote it. One, one, one of the questions that she um, brought up, and I'm not going to say what it was because it's kind of a spoiler toward the end, but one of the things she asked me, I honestly, she asked me if so-and-so was ever going to happen. Honestly, I didn't even remember that being in the book. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> since then, I um, did do an email um, Q&A with their book club, and um, I did go back and look at the end of the book to make sure that I knew what I was talking about there. So, <laughs> yeah. That lesson. yeah, I wrote it, and I don't even know what happens. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, like you're saying with the character names, I mean... Uh, let's face it, it, it is a stretch for these people that have these um, named after plants to all know each other. <laughs> but it's one of those things, it's just about books, movies that, you know, you just kind of go along with. So. so in the next chapter, it's a flashback to five months earlier, mm -hmm. which this is the first of many time jumps in this book, by the way. Right. At first I was confused because I didn't know what, okay. why we keep going back to the past, but I got used to it as a storytelling device to move the plot forward by filling mm -hmm. in missing information. Yeah. So that's what I felt that was. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, we're going to find out what's something else in this instance. So we find out that Nan's family, the Bushes moved from their new home, moved into their new home uh, that has three greenhouses so her parents, Rose and Tom, can expand their nursery business. And, she, you know, Nan was pissed that she had to move before her senior year of high school. And I can't blame her for that. <laughs> There's a great quote that she has as they're driving in to look at the house or, you know, see the house for the first time. And 
Nan says, oh, look, Nan said and pointed through her window. A house, she said sarcastically. It was the first he had seen in several miles. I wonder who lives there. I guess by the process of elimination, they'll be my friend. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's such a bitchy teenager thing to say. <laughs> so Nan, is, as she's looking out the window, she sees Dusty running and she secretly snaps a picture of him, which she sends to her oldest and best friend back home in Bishopville, Mala Mujir. Is it Mujir? Yeah, Mujir, Mujir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mujir. Uh, like a person of color, sounds like, the way she's described, dark-skinned mm -hmm. and her name. Um, her name is also a plant, of course. Right, right. <laughs> a poisonous weed referred to as the, quote, bad woman. Right. And I'm instantly fearful for Mala as a potential victim. Okay. She and Nan had a childhood fantasy of finding a, a perfect guy with a plant name just like they have. And enter Dusty Miller. It's fate. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she doesn't want to admit it, the mystery boy she just snapped a pic of is pretty damn cute. And so, of course, later they would be together. So we go back to the present, and Dusty confirms that her that Nan's mother Rose was attacked. However, it may not be what it seems. Mm -hmm. We learn that the killings have been going on across the state for a while that the victims all shared names with plants and the murderer is dubbed as the plant killer. When he arrives at their house, he sees Nan's mom, Rose, laid askew with rose petals specifically arranged around her, it seems. And it turns out she's not dead. Thank God. The ambulance comes and takes her away. And in the hospital, worried about Rose and a possible killer and avoiding the press, dang, this kid has some issues. Some instant issues. <laughs> <laughs> So we find out that Rose was actually hit in the head, bludgeoned. The other victims were all stabbed. So, hmm. Dusty's mind goes wild. He instantly fears that because of their plant-based names, he and Nan may be next. And that is where I'll stop as far as the plot goes. I don't want to give away too much more, but it's awesome. I don't want to give away because, you know, the time jumps and the info we discover along the way, it helps the story better. And however, I will say that there is more to this than just plant killer deaths. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's small town conspiracies and hidden love affairs. There's the haves and the have not situations, which, you know, it, it definitely happens in small town communities. Right. I mean, how complicated it was to weave these characters and the story in and out, like laying out the mystery, mystery, basically. Uh, with, with perennials in particular, it, um, it's interesting that you brought up the jumping between the third person and the first person. That's something I went back and forth about whether or not I should do. Um, and ultimately, I just decided that that was the way the story should be told. So from Dusty's first person POV and then back to the third person for various scenes. Like you were saying, this one, is, Perennials is multi-layered with the with every with all the events that happen with the killer as well as what you were saying with the sub the subplots and the way that they're interwoven together i mean i think i see you like with a a, a message board and like string and everything almost like you're doing a reverse like investigation to like <laughs> basically i mean which came first the actual killer and the motive or the idea of a plant killer like what came the, first? The, definitely with this book just the idea of the killer killing people that have the names of plants all of my books are really mysteries uh well i mean they have that mystery element about who the killer is um with perennials 
I, if I remember correctly, I don't think I knew in my mind who the killer was going to be until I um, got there. That one was a little bit different for me as far as from what I've done since then. Was it kind of like you let the story tell you who the character or the, who the killer was? Yeah, more or less. And then some of the things that I had, I had to, with this one in particular, I needed, I had to go back and flesh out some of the, some of those subplots to bring it all together for the big reveal at the end for it to really make sense. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, you had to maybe, okay, wait, I can change this one little element, and that way it ties this in better kind of thing. Yeah, and I think with perennials especially, I really focused on the the characters and the um, the character arcs and the personal stories more so than that plot. As I was writing, more so than that serial killer plot. I mean, that serial killer plot was always there, but it was kind of in the background. In my mind, Perennials really is a, it's kind of a dark coming of age story set during this summer where there's this killer that is targeting, you know, people that share the names of plants. So that's, that's right. kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. And I could see that. I could see that. And it's also kind of like um, when you said coming of age, it's almost like a, the transition from, you know, being a, a young adult to an adult because they're all about to hit their senior year of high school. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Were there any characters or situations that you pulled from your real life? Like, no, you don't have to get too personal or anything if you don't want to share it, but I mean, or if it'll give away spoilers, but was there anything you put in there that you're like, just kind of like a little... Uh, not really intentionally, but I mean, there there are things in each of my books that that I... I mean, are part of my everyday life. Uh, I mean, I've, I've lived in South Carolina my entire life. Um, for one, I mean, I, in a very rural area, I want it to seem genuine and real to readers. And if um, people from areas like that, that, that it's relatable to them. And then if, I mean, if you're not from a rural area, I want it to, I want to present something that is realistic. So that aspect of it is, I mean, I'm very familiar with, and I mean, little, little things. I, I do garden. So the whole idea for perennials came, I was planting Dusty Miller plants one day and I was like, well, this would be a good character name. And then I said, well, what if I write this love story about this guy named Dusty Miller who falls in love with his girl named Nandina Bush? But then of course, <laughs> yeah. But then of course the horror side of me came in, but then I was like, what if there's this killer that's targeting these people that share names of plants? Just so let that, him be happy. Just couldn't let him be happy. Just let him <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that, that's literally where the idea for that book came from. I mean, it just grew from there, but uh, so there's little stuff like that. And I run also. So Dusty's, um, you know, his, the aspect of him running, that's something that I do. It's not. I, I don't think it's spoiling anything, but there's folklore that's mentioned in the book that is real folklore for of South Carolina. Well, actually, it says it on the back, the Lizard Man. So I'm not really spoiling anything. He's mentioned on the back right. of the book. So, but he's he's an actual legend, urban legend in South Carolina. So that's something I drew on as. Um, there's also a fictional. Is there a fictional um, folklore for Crow County that? That legend they have the the bagman yeah um yeah that that was one I made up um kind of based on little spooky stories from my childhood I guess I don't know 
Um, yeah, that sounds like something like my, like my mother grew up with some with a uh, with a type of bag man type guy that would supposed to be you know he, if you were rude you know your parents will sell you off to him and he can't take, he's like a laundry man who would come through the alleys of their you know it's really right. weird. Yeah, now now Crow County is fictional. Well, it's based on certain areas in South Carolina, but it is fictional. Perennials is the first book in Crow County. And the only book until killer my killer tech series is going to be set in in and around Crow County also. Oh, okay. So there's the tie-in. I was wondering because you know, being a you know county line horror novice, I was wondering if there's any like re- recurring places or characters or events that happen in the, any of the other books since I haven't gotten to them yet. Um, there's little tiny things, but I mean they're all standalones until this my until the killer tech series, and they they're still going to be standalones. They're more of um connected by a tech school that's in Crow County, and the okay. mysterious things that happen connected to the tech school. Each of them, each of the books are um of the killer tech books are going to be occupational based kind of. So the first one is auto shop. And the second one I just finished is electrical engineering. It's, it's called High Voltage. I'll be posting the cover of it, hopefully this week. And then the third one that I'm working on now is culinary-based. So, And then I've got ideas for three more after that. We'll see how these first three do with that series. Well, I can't wait to get through, because I want to get through the group that I bought, the, the first four, counting mm-hmm. on horror. Yeah. And then I'm going to definitely start jumping into the other one, because I really like your writing style. I would say that this particular book, at least the one I've read, it I could say it could be like a point horror novel. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like. It you know it, I've gone through quite a few of them the past year, so yeah. I kind of feel like I have a an idea of what they would come across as. And it kind of reminds me of um, Richie Tankersley Cusick, okay. um, her her twisty plots. Mm-hmm. You know, not really the way she wrote because she writes more dialogue driven, yeah. but the misdirections, you know, and everything that you do, it, it's really good because they, you know, they keep me guessing as it should. Mm-hmm. So this to me was right up there with RTC. Okay, yeah, and I, I like you said, um, I I do read a lot of point horror and Fear Street as well, um, and that's something I, you know, I, I want my books to kind of be in that kind of have that kind of feel to them but have be on a, par with that but yeah. have a different that that you that unique southern setting to them also. oh right it's definitely southern gothic for sure yeah but it's not it's not it doesn't feel forced upon the reader it yeah. feels really natural like i also think that it makes it more relatable to others because of this mm-hmm. subtly it you know it may be because you took the the time to spread out the setting direction instead of focusing a page after page on a tree or something, (laughs) you know, um, you know, Dusty makes little side comments about rural life, you know, rural country life that really gets you to feel the seclusion and the quote middle of nowhere feeling he has, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when he stops feeling safe himself. Mm -hmm. I I really like that. I think you did a good job as far as like that in without making it like, Oh God, Southern, 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 Southern. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) But you feel that it is at the same time. Yeah. You know, you can hit it over the head. I'm from the South. Sometimes I, I want people to stop saying something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like we were talking about, I mean, I, you know, I, that's one of the things I really strive to do with my writing and my books is to present the genuine, authentic um, setting. So, and not for it to feel forced. So, would you just, you know, kind of wrapping up a little bit here, I guess, would you like to see? 
like your work, either this or another one, like maybe adapted into like big screen or TV series. If that was like a thing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, it Everybody wants to see what's in their head come out physically in front of them, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, of course. Uh, okay. How about this for perennials? Let's say they made a movie of perennials, any decade, any actor who would be your dream cast. I'm weird about this. Um, people ask me when I, when I'm reading books, you know, I don't know if I really picture the the person like that. It, I, it's really weird. I don't know in any book I read. I don't know if I picture them that detail enough to pick out an actor for them. Well, I think that's probably because you're trying to, you know, as the reader, you're placing yourself in their shoes. So you yeah. almost kind of blend yourself with whatever description is yeah. given. So, I, I mean, I don't mean to, you know, leave you hanging there, but I really don't know. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would have to really think about that. Um, I mean, did you have any ideas when you read it? Any Vaguely, but not really. Okay. Like, I thought, <laughs> yeah. Any era, like I was saying any era, the only thing I could think of was Dusty. And I was like, the first thing I could think of, because he's a runner and he's good looking, and but he's kind of got that. I guess vacancy about him that makes him think that there's nothing much more than that to him. Yeah, yeah. This sounds bad, but I was thinking a younger Zac Efron. Okay. Like just after high school musical era when he was just coming into his own type of thing. And I could see that being dusty in a mm-hmm. way. And see, I don't mind if I don't know about you, but do you, as far as movies go, do you prefer the actors put on a Southern accent if they're in the South or they just act? Cause I feel like it for me, Personally, I grew up in the South. I mean, I hear Southern accents and I know they're there, but I don't pay attention to it because that's our accent down here. Mm -hmm. So when I hear a a non-Southern person doing a Southern accent, even if it's decent, it still throws me off. Yeah, I think I agree with you with that. Um, I mean, there there are some that can do it pretty good, I think. But I, I think for the most part, I would rather them just, you know just like you said just act and not not try to do the not try to do the um the accent but uh, there are some that can pull it off pretty well i think yeah definitely Well, uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, thank um, you. I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm glad I read this book. I was like, I'm going to read this book and I'm going to, oh, it was good. It was really good. I'm oh, really excited for the next one. All right. Thank you. I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. I promise you, you know, it's, it's really good. So if you want to find out more about Bryce and even order some of his books from his website, go to BryceGibsonWriter.com. They're, you know, they're also available on Amazon and digital, but you really want the shirt and the stickers, don't you? Come on. You know you want <laughs> So, And plus, you can get bundles on the site. It's awesome. So also, you can find Bryce on social media, on Instagram or Twitter. He's under B. Gibson Writer. Or if you want to look up County Line Horror on Instagram, it is County Line Horror. Or on Twitter, it's C. Line Horror. kind of looks like Klein Horror. horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, thank you so much, Bryce. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have any comments or questions about perennials or the show in general? Reach out to me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or Instagram at both Dustin C. Holden and Dustin Can Read. Email me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com and please be sure to subscribe to be alerted of new episodes as well as rate and comment on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Dustin Can Read. Dustin Can Read.